you're your own doctor or your body knows best or you're your own sovereign being. All of these terms have been floating around yoga communities for decades. So it was very much they, that community was very primed for a lot of the information they were getting from the right and other sources when the pandemic hit. Hello, guten tag, welcome to the Bituation Room podcast live stream, the first stream of the year 2022. It's uh, It's got all the twos. We've got all the twos, including um, a second Trump term. Just kidding. It's not up for election this year. It can't happen this year. Um, I'm your host, Francesca Fiorentini. You remember me from that one thing that you scrolled past that one time. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, good to have you all here. Thank you so much for hitting play uh, as you uh, walk around the block like an old lady dressed in lavender um, and waving at dogs but not making eye contact with their humans. Um, it's so good to have you all here. Uh, it is we're turning the page on 2021 which simultaneously felt like the slowest yet fastest year ever, like the longest short year, the shortest long year. It's a very interesting year. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But one thing that is for certain is the habituation room. I'm going to be here. I'm not going to give up. Uh, you know, I'm going to rocky my way through this entire year with you guys, with the Frantifa and, there's big things coming in the year, I think, I hope, I don't know. Uh, one thing that sadly is no longer is we were going to do a live show at Sketchfest in San Francisco. That's not happening. So I just wanted to put that out there. Unless you, if you didn't know, um, your tickets will be reimbursed. They are, they're suspending it. They're punting it till next year. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> but, uh, but there will be live shows in 2022. So stay tuned. But meanwhile, we have a good show. We have, I love that I'm kicking off this year just getting very honest and very raw, very real about the dark side of the wellness community. The fact that a lot of us know anti-vaxxers who aren't necessarily far right-wingers, maybe not even Trump voters, but they are slowly being poison-pilled by a Rogan-esque, um, you know, veganism gone wrong warped ideology. Uh, and with me are two people who uh, co-host the podcast, Conspirituality, two of the three hosts from a podcast called Conspirituality. Uh, Derek Barris uh, and Julian Walker are here, and they're going to talk to me all about that. I am endlessly fascinated by this slippery slope um, of wellness and like aromatherapy and yoga and oh my god, Q. Uh, so so we'll get into that. And then in our bonus bish, which once again, if you're a patron, you can get access to. I want to talk about what the consequences for them for for their work, um, or what the consequences their work has had on them and their lives and and their connections and their communities. But then also if they've had any success pulling some of the people they've ever met who've gone down this sort of you know conspiratorial prim primrose path, if they've rescued them, you know, if they've like, how do you rescue someone? How do you talk to someone who you feel like is going down that path? 
How do we bring him back from the brink? Again, send that little bucket down um, like uh, like Buffalo Bill, you know? Put in that bucket. Put your brain in that bucket. <laughs> Not really like that, but you know what I'm saying. We, we want to save, <laughs> save them. Um, but hey, if you're here, if you're if you're here in the ears, give this podcast five stars right now. That helps people discover us on all the podcast platforms, but specifically iTunes. Um, also, uh, like and share the stream ahora. Subscribe ahorita, which means in a little bit, but like now-ish, you know. And what are you waiting for, you guys? Become a patron in 2022 of the Bituation Room podcast. You know what you get? You get 10 to 15 to sometimes 20 minutes of bonus content every goddamn week. My guests and I, we stay on and we have fun. We talk about new stories, old stories, uh, wild stories. There's a sampling of all the people that have been on. It's just been such a good year. Like, I have the best guests. I don't want to brag, but I really do. <laughs> like, I love them all. They've been amazing. And so also, another thing you can do, please, tell me who you you want to see on. Uh, tell me who you've liked and who you've enjoyed, who you want back. Um, and also, any uh, any ideas for guests that I should bring on? Comedians, experts, activists, anybody. That is what I want. Uh, I want that magic mix. Um, and also, if you don't want to become a patron at, at patreon.com slash bituationroom, you can tip the show, TBR Live on Cash App, TBR-Live on Venmo. That is a great way to support the show. Also, you can wear your support, wear your love by joining the Frantifa and decking yourself out, you and your cat and dog. Just paper your dog with stickers. You got two different kinds of shirts, inclu including the Frantifa shirt, which I fucking love, designed by a good friend, Marissa Cruz. Shout out tote bags. We got it all. That's at bituationroom.com. Don't miss it. But look, today I'm going to do things a little bit differently because um, I really want to get to this interview and I want to kind of, you know, like speed it up. Uh, I'm going to skip. We don't have another comedian joining us. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to skip what are you bitching about? Because I figured it is a new year. And so let's just start off on a good foot, you know, let's be happy. Let's, let's just, you know, set some intentions. Um, and then, then I'll bitch in like a second, but like, give me like two seconds. Um, but yeah, so let's maybe think about stuff you're happy for, you're, you're grateful for, um, you know, I don't know. You got enough on your plate. We don't need to bitch cause it's going to happen in just a second. Cause I'm getting into the week already y'all. Um, this was the week where Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, got permanently booted from Twitter for spreading vaccine lies, a move she'll definitely liken to the Holocaust. But sadly, much like the tree falling in the woods, no one will be around to hear it. Conservatives uh, made a big deal of AOC's boyfriend wearing sandals in Florida, and then they violently masturbated to the photo. They just, ugh, they love his feet. Um, Starbucks workers in Chicago and Broomfield, Colorado, filed a petition with the NLRB to form a union proving that organized workers have power. But well-caffeinated organized workers <laughs> are fucking unstoppable. Um, Eric Adams was sworn in as mayor of New York City, and in his speech, he cited the great owner of the Snapple company, uh, the drink, 
uh, saying that New Yorkers are, quote, made from the best stuff on Earth. And at this point, that stuff is the Omicron variant. An unseasonably late fire in a very dry Colorado destroyed a thousand homes between Denver and Boulder, only to be put out two days later by a massive snowstorm, proving that Mother Nature is in her ironic salty cunt phase of climate chaos. Uh, And finally, a comedic actress who starred in the Mary Tyler Moore show and Golden Girls, Betty White, has died at the age of 99. And yet somehow Dick Cheney is still alive and the world as I mentioned, quietly tiptoed into 2022 so as not to scare it or wake it or make any sudden movements. No loud declarations of hashtag winning or hashtag gonna be my year. No, everybody, let's just have a goddamn year. For everything else, this is the week where. So this is the week where it has been collapsed into what I am bitching about. Uh, but this is the week where um, the Biden administration has officially given up the fight against COVID. Uh, just done, you know? I've been in office for like 12 months. Yeah, it's, it's over. It's over. Obviously, this was the week where the CDC shortened the quarantine time to five from 10 days to five days at the behest of Airline CEOs from Delta, JetBlue, who were like, oh, my God, please, we can't we can't cut back on our flights. Oh, my God. The money we'll lose. We need to send people into the sky sick. That will help us. So uh, the CDC obliged and uh, there was no um, stipulation that workers be tested or test negative before they are allowed back at work. Um, These are the again, these are recommendations. They're not mandates, but a lot of states will take their guidance from the CDC, of course. Right now, Anthony Fauci is um, has been saying that the CDC is now weighing that like maybe they should have some testing um, for those workers. But then again, they would have to provide that testing or somehow direct that. It's unclear. But they've seen the backlash from pretty much fucking everyone about this new policy change. And they've decided, OK, maybe we're going to institute some sort of testing requirement so those five days uh, can actually be based in anything other than a CEO's pocketbook uh, and their bottom line. The thing that really got to me, though, is, you know, Anthony Fauci, I I don't consider him like, I guess you could consider him a hero, but I find it to be such like kind of lib resistance politics to be like, Fauci, I love you. You're amazing. Ah!" You know, like I don't I'm not into that. But this week, nor am I into the like Fauci lies. Uh, like, no, that's bullshit. But this week, Fauci did not look good. They trotted him out on a lot of news shows and he said the words, uh, we must, quote, keep society functioning. That so many people have Omicron and so many people have it that it would be too devastating to the economy to do otherwise. We got to keep society functioning. And my question is, what the fuck kind of society? Are you continuing to run here? A society where people are going bankrupt over medical debt, people are being evicted from their homes, people are losing their jobs, people can't afford health care, child care. Um, a society that is like, you know, doing the like plug their ears and say la 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 really loud when it comes to climate change, um, that can't get like basic bills passed, they can't abolish the filibuster, they can't even amend the filibuster in order to get some kind of voting rights. Like, what the fuck are we protecting here? Dude, we're, we're this is a year where like how many billionaires went to space? 
They want to put a, a hotel into space, like straight up the movie Elysium by like the end of 2027. The fuck kind of society? They're, billionaires are already ditching this society. So the idea that we need to keep society functioning is very laughable. Uh, again, we're averaging 300,000 cases a day. This is like a vertical line shooting straight up. Yes, hospitalizations are not as bad as in other moments of this pandemic, but wait and see. Uh, they are creeping up. So from a year ago, we're, we've surpassed what it was this summer in terms of hospitalizations, and we're headed to where it was a year ago. What's the CDC doing other than amending its quarantine time? Well, it's putting out some ads because it's like, look, it's all about the vaccine, even though we know breakthrough cases are a thing. But let's pretend that it is only an 150 percent about the vaccine. I fucking wish. But sadly, it's not. You might need to do other things. I'll get to that later. CDC is saying, all right, no, we're going to put this on you. It's personal responsibility. So we're going to run ads that sort of scaremonger you and, you know, pretend to be in solidarity with workers like this one um here's a worker kind of looks like a starbucks worker ironically crossing her arms and she says i'm not letting covid19 take my shifts and the cdc says my job puts me at a high risk for covid19 exposure i got vaccinated because it's better to be protected than to be out sick like okay amazing great as you reduce the time for people to get better as Starbucks workers are literally trying to form a union right now, probably for more hazard pay or sick pay. Well, the, the, the ED of the national nurses United responded to that CDC ad say, saying, ever heard of sick leave? How about taking responsibility for protecting workers? Stop running ads, trying to convince workers and the public that we're expendable. Start doing your job to protect us all. Now it's fitting that this is the ED of the national nurses union because nurses Despite what hospitals are saying, despite hospitals, so hospitalizations being lower than at other points in this pandemic, hospitals are completely at their wits end. Nurses are at their wits end. Uh, the um, Minnesota, the hospital system in Minnesota took out a fucking ad, a full page ad in a newspaper being like, please, please get vaccinated. Please stay home. Ohio hospitals that are a breaking point. And what does the CDC do? Say, like, don't miss out on that paycheck. <laughs> You're going to want your $7.25 an hour. That's why you got vaccinated, even though there's breakthrough cases and we don't really have a plan for if you do get sick and you probably will have to use your only PTO off. Do you have PTO? Oh, no, no, no. That's, I guess, for full-time employment and salaried workers. No. Uh, sick days? How many of those do you get? Anyway. Woo. The other thing they're saying to scare people is uh, hospital stays can be expensive, but COVID-19 vaccines are free. Help protect yourself being hospitalized with COVID-19 by getting vaccinated. And there's a really grim image of like a cartoon person in an ICU with just like a triple money tag on their IV drip. Like it's a fucking three star, you know, like an expensive five star Yelp restaurant. Again. Rubbing it in everyone's faces that our healthcare system is insanely unaffordable and you're just using that to be like, hey, get vaccinated because, you know, you don't want a million dollar bill. Like, It's so pitiful. And yes, it is a personal responsibility. But at this point, it's not. At this point, it is a governmental responsibility at two years into this pandemic. So I just want to play. It's not just me who's saying that Biden has given up or that the CDC has given up on fighting this virus. 
It is Joe Biden himself in a conversation with governors across the country. Uh, This is what he had to say in terms of whether or not the government has a role to play. Is there a federal solution to COVID? Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I guess there's that answer is that between a couple coughs, uh, there's no federal solution. Now, you never know with Biden if he's trying to say that to be like, buck up, governors, you got this. But like, again, just so fucking disheartening. There's no national or federal solution. I just want to turn to a couple tweets from a journalist named uh, Walter Brangham who writes for the Daily Poster, responding to that. Is there no federal solution? Is it just personal responsibility or praying that your governor isn't Ron DeSantis or uh, actually believes in COVID? And Walter writes, uh, yeah, no, there are federal solutions. $2,000 a month stimulus checks, hazard pay, which means more money if you are working in hazardous conditions. We uh, federally mandated paid time off, weekly N95 masks and tests sent to every home, Medicare for all. I like how that's just buried in there. Vaccine requirements for domestic air travel, something that the fucking airlines have completely been fighting against. Ventilation, remote work and school with high community spread, freeze evictions, cancel rent and student debt, put the trips waiver through at the WTO. We've talked about that on this show before. Require masks for entry into all businesses that serve the public. Get out of here with that. There's no federal fucking solution. In fact, and I don't have this clip because I can't hear her voice without being haunted by it. Tommy Lauren on Fox News in response to Biden saying there's no federal solution was like, Biden is a socialist, but um, he's right. I agree with the president. There is no federal solution. When you have right wingers agreeing with you, you know you're you're flirting with Trump territory. In fact, there are epidemiologists who've said uh, that, remember when Trump said, let it rip, let it ride? That's what Biden is effectively doing right now. Letting it rip, letting it ride. Guys, I'm not pretending that I don't know that this is supposedly milder, supposedly. I fucking hope so. But it is completely irresponsible and ridiculous to basically say, hey, we're not going to uh, mobilize the National Defense Production Act. We're not even going to do that. We're going to laugh in your face when you ask for tests test for every single American. We're going to roll that out. You know, there's now a plan to roll out testing, but it's not off the ground yet. I don't know. They don't even know who they're contracting with. Yeah. Too bad you didn't have this in place a month ago because then we've got the Omicron right fucking now. You could have seen this coming. So... When I say Trumpian, I mean Trumpian. It is Trumpian what what Biden is doing on on this. And again, y'all, last thing I'll say, this is the same week that Biden signed a $770 billion defense package just in time for the new year. $24 billion more than had even been requested. Money for new nukes. We got new nukes. Can we nuke it? Can we nuke the virus? I mean, honestly, if if COVID could figure out some way to do another 9-11, in fact, it already has. Oh, shit. It has. But it needs to, like, you know, drive around and pick up trucks with flags hanging out. Oh, no, no, no. That's MAGA. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that.
So it's going to be a tough year, y'all. I feel like this year may we may the left progressives, people who want, you know, us to live, we might have more setbacks than wins. Um, but I do think that if we can make it through this next period, um, I feel like I am inspired by a lot of the organizing that's been going on in the labor movement. Um, a lot of the folks who are being now more radicalized because they see that uh, someone like Joe Biden is not able to deliver, is playing it far too safe. And um, I just hope we can stave off fascism before we get, you know, President AOC in office. Uh, thank you guys so much for your super chats. Tony D just saying, yep, Fran, we know. <laughs> thank you, Tony D. I appreciate it. And let me let let's just let's palate cleanse a little bit, even though what we're about to dig into is a almost even more depressing. I'm going to bring in my two guests. Um, both of them are two of the three co-hosts of the podcast Conspirituality. Uh, Derek Barris is a former fitness and yoga instructor and author based in Los Angeles. He's a senior editor at eco and co-host of the conspirituality podcast and julian walker has been teaching yoga in and around la since 94 he's a co-host of the conspirituality podcast and writes extensively on the intersections of cults trauma new ageism and yoga um hang on this is the sitch All right, and let's welcome Derek and Julian. What's going on? Hey, Francesca. Thank you so much for not playing Tommy Lauren's voice. So that would have <laughs> ruined this interview. So I'm very happy that you... Instead, <laughs> we got an, an impression with a Southern accent. That was you got a little awesome. impression. Oh, God. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy. I I don't know. She's a whole head case. Um, she's a whole study. You guys, I'm so happy that you joined me very quickly um, Julian and Derek were so kind to field like my inquiries months ago because I was pitching to Vice News because, yes, I still try and get other work, um, but also fuck Vice forever because they totally didn't take my pitch, even though it was fucking amazing. Um, but uh, Derek and Julian, we we talked a little bit individually, um, and I want to get to the the actual pitch, which was this very bizarre story of a community in Austin. Um, that is sort of led by a lot of wellness influencers, and they're trying to create a um, anti-vax MAGA safe haven. But hold that thought to initially the Conspirituality Podcast. You guys have do such good work. You dive so deep. You've got great guests, and and you also both come from the the yogi world and the wellness world. Um, why did you start your podcast? How did you like? What was the um, yeah. Why did you feel you needed to do this? Well, I'll, I'll begin and I'll let Julian catch up in a little more recent news. Uh, 10 years ago, when I moved to Los Angeles, I met Julian very early on and we started a project called Yoga Brains, which was five of us local yoga instructors that wanted to talk about critical thinking and politics in yoga, which mm. was lacking. So we've actually, and Matthew separately, we, you know, was doing similar work. Uh, so we have had a long history together and independently looking at conspiracy theories, looking at conspiratorial thinking in the wellness industry. Uh, but Julie, maybe you want to explain wh why we started a 19 months ago. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the three of us, 
had been intersecting in various ways online, Matthew's in Toronto, and just talking about these related topics, as, as Derek said. And then, you know, as soon as the pandemic rolled around, all three of us were noticing in our social media feeds, all of this conspiratorial stuff coming up and that the people that were in our circles that were involved in yoga and wellness and coaching and ecstatic dance and all, you know, all manner of these sorts of things were spreading just outlandish conspiracy theories. And each of us were sort of commenting on that and writing posts and writing articles and making videos. And we, we just sort of looked at it and went, this is something we have to try and figure out how to break down for people, how to analyze, how to make sense of. And so we started doing it. We thought we'd do one episode. Derek invited us uh, onto his podcast at the time. Mm -hmm. And it turned into three episodes. And then we said, this has to be its own thing because it's not going anywhere. And here we are, what is it, 85, 86 episodes in, each of them an hour to two and a half hours long and no sign of uh, running out of material. Oh, God. You know, I'm a huge defender of things like yoga, mm -hmm. spirituality, meditation, um, even like astrology, which is very different. I'm not a big defender, but I'm like, oh, all the wonderful things for your body and your mind. And da, 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 da. It's completely like I've been doing yoga for so many years. And it is so hard now because when you simultaneously are trying to sort of defend the like, you know, any kind of um, alternative medicine, like I believe in, I mean, that osteopathy is not really alternative, but a lot of people think, ah, that stuff doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you have I like- No, it is. It, what? It's, it, it's alternative. It's alternative. <laughs> enough. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's not yeah. covered by health insurance, put it that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been, it must be so painful that this community that you really love, uh, which, and you can explain to me more about like, it's a huge, not even just not a small community, but the, there's something that you love has been now been tainted. And so many people have been lured into this dark side. Like, how has that been for you guys just to witness that? Well, I'll say just really quickly that I think part of what started our friendship and, and our discussion of these topics and the work that we're doing on Yoga Brains in the first place was that we had a skepticism about how so much of the alternative yoga wellness kind of space is beset with a lot of uh, pseudoscience and uh, a lot of unproven claims and a lot of scams and charlatans. And so it has, it of course, been incredibly disheartening to see it be on steroids now and, and mm -hmm. turbo boosted during the pandemic. Uh, but I have to say, for the three of us, we weren't really that surprised. Yeah. And can spirituality, to define the term if people don't know, it's the intersection of the new new age wellness movement and far right conspiratorial thinking. And what we've realized over this time that connects them is really this concept of individualism. And so even though some of these terms might be new to people when they hear it coming from their yoga instructor, the idea that you're your own doctor or your body knows best mm -hmm. or you're your own sovereign being. All of these terms have been floating around yoga communities for decades. Mm. So it was very much they, that community was very primed for a lot of the information they were getting from the right and other sources when the pandemic hit because they didn't really have a good grasp on politics or even communal thinking. It's very individual focused. So all the pieces were there for this. It's just the pandemic really shone a spotlight on it and 
gave it steroids, really. So tell me about that. What were you guys seeing? What was happening as everyone went into lockdown? What were you seeing that was like causing your antenna to go up? And how did the pandemic really like light a fire under some of these? Yeah, the bogus science um, and the mistrust of the establishment, so to speak. Well, the first wave was really, uh, you know, this whole COVID thing is is clearly not real uh, because and, and part of that is I as as a sovereign individual who has a spiritual mindset, I choose not to believe in things that evoke fear because fear is an illusion. Wow. And so what must be causing it is 5G. So you saw this the beginning of this whole idea that 5G was the COVID symptoms were really caused by 5G technology. And that's what we, that was the real culprit. And then as you go deeper into that, you find that people who are already susceptible to a lot of very fantastical beliefs could start to think, well, the 5G is really something that's being imposed upon us by the reptilian aliens, or, you know, it's really a, a secret <laughs> plot by the government. And then, you know, the, the QAnon stuff that I know we're going to get to is not too far behind. So you get into 5G, you get into, you know, People who are into alternative medicine typically don't trust big pharma and often for good reason. But now you, you start to weave those over generalizations and that kind of paranoia into the mix. And child uh, sex trafficking. Yeah. Yes. And, and it child goes sex from there. Oh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. Sorry, go ahead. Speci well, specifically pandemic. That was the yep. that was the match that started our podcast was when that dropped. It was like, we have to talk about this. Yeah. So tell me about pandemic and who who is mickey willis mickey willis is a former model according to his own uh, origin myth story and he was a doc <laughs> like, he was it's like wellness marvel characters you guys follow <laughs> all these influencers have like their own bizarre origin story keep going the uh, the los angeles community julian is much more versed in this than me because he's been around longer but it is a, it is a tight-knit community especially when you're talking about the characters from the 90s and early aughts and mickey willis was very much in that scene lived in ojai had a film production company that did a lot of music videos and and different things around los angeles around the wellness community and psychedelics and he got on this anti-vax kick. Uh, he believes that his brother was, his brother unfortunately died of AIDS, but he blames that on Tony Fauci coming from the eighties. Wow. And again, don't like, so there, there's a lot here to unpack that I won't get into, but pandemic was his pseudo documentary that presented the facts about vaccines, which took discre a discredited researcher named Judy Mikovits just a number of lies that would be debunked mm -hmm. over and over again. But that thing took off like a juggernaut on social media. And that really kicked into gear the modern anti-vaccination movement, which was started by Andrew Wakefield in 97, lives in Austin now. Mickey Willis is in Austin. There's a very strong contingent They're there. They're converging. We'll mm -hmm. but, um, but that was specifically what it was. It was a, it was a uh, propaganda film for anti-vaccination that kicked off everything. When well, I let me add about... something, Fr Francesca, if oh, you don't ahead, mind. Yeah. There, there's even more to Plandemic. It's everything that Derek said. And then, as the name implies, it is the argument that the pandemic has been planned for years or decades as a way to roll out all of these uh, supposedly tyrannical controls, and then to get us all vaccinated so that we'll be microchipped and on and on into being into this nightmaric, nightmarish kind of dystopia. Yes, yes, there was early, like very, very early pandemic was like the first thing people were seeing 
yeah. and it, it got removed from YouTube and re-uploaded however million, you know, however many times. Um, it's probably still available somewhere, but people like many, many folks were sharing that. And I had no idea that the person who started it came to his ideology from, yeah, maybe from more of a wellness anti-vax mm -hmm. background. So what can you tell us about like the anti-vax community when it comes to um, like, has it always been an undercurrent of wellness and yogi communities that we're now just sort of learning about? And have they ever displayed these sort of like inklings of being maybe even far right as they are now? Um, I don't know if that's a really a good way to frame that question. But yeah, like I remember, I think, Derek, you were talking about, you know, just here in LA, some of like the outbreaks of preventable diseases because mm -hmm. parents wouldn't get vaccinated, wouldn't get their kids vaccinated. The first anti-vaccination movement started when Edward Jenner proved that vaccines work. So they, it has been around for a long time. <laughs> you can mm -hmm. look back at theosophical movements in the late 19th century. You can look at the hippie era, which had an anti-vaccination undercurrent fusing with the John Birch Society. So yes, it, rooted in individualism, the left and the right have merged often in the past. Specifically, the modern incarnation comes from Andrew Wakefield's disproven and fraudulent 1997 study that linked vaccines and autism, which was not a new idea that had been around for decades as well. And he Jenny had McCarthy took up two, the mantle and yeah, well, he, yeah. Uh, Wakefield had taken out two patents on vaccines, even though he was trying to disprove the one in circulation so he could replace them with his own. He has always been a grifter. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this sentiment has been around uh, in 2014. There was a measles outbreak in Los Angeles uh, because of the Brentwood and Santa Monica mothers who were staunchly anti-vax wouldn't vaccinate their children. And the, there was the same yoga community, you know, um, undercurrent there as well. So yes, it has always been around. It has just, it hasn't been this loud. It's never been this loud because we've never had social media before. Mm. So this is kind mm -hmm. of the apex of it at this moment. Yeah. And people being stuck indoors on their phones. Mm -hmm. I mean, just vast amounts of scrolling. Um, but it also feels like it, Whereas before, maybe the anti-vax community was like sort of if you're in the know or if you have the the money to mm -hmm. be, you know, go see that one healer or that one, you know, nutritionist. And with social media and with podcasts and others, it's like everyone kind of want, wants to get their piece of Gwyneth Paltrow or their piece of Joe Rogan or their piece of be, being like these influencers. Um so in some way, it kind of like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but it feels like it broke out of a more privileged bubble, and now it's like more ma mainstream. Yeah, it's the the pandemic has been the perfect storm. So I would say, along with Derek, that you know, within certainly within the yoga community in LA, I've heard anti-vax attitudes for for as long as I've been around it. Uh, I think a lot, you know, generally people who want to believe certain things without sufficient evidence mm -hmm. and and can be convinced that certain things for which we have good evidence are actually not true, you know, or, or, or are dangerous, even though there's no evidence to support that, uh, they're going to gravitate towards all kinds of, of beliefs that are, you know, filled with logical fallacies that are anti-scientific. I mean, you get into this whole territory where uh, religion and spirituality has often been at war with scientific knowledge because it's, it's threatening to certain kinds of faith. And so when the pandemic came along, I think it just created this incredible focal point. And like you're saying, people incredibly anxious, 
uh, uncertain about what's going to happen, isolated, scrolling too much on social media. Then you have these these um, pieces of misinformation like pandemic going viral, mm-hmm. and and you know it gives people something that to to invest themselves in, identify with, and feel like oh I'm I'm in the know and I'm going to make a positive change and I I you know can can band together with others for this higher purpose. But sadly, it's it's you know, it's the opposite. It's, it's, uh, they're, they're causing more harm than good. I just amazing to me that it's like, you don't feel any fear, just fear every single cell tower. Yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> don't fear the pandemic. Yeah. Don't, there's one what a mask as, a, as on. a sort of, <laughs> as a sort of guideline, there's one thing I say, which is watch what they say, watch what they sell. And I, Mickey Willis recently has started selling supplements to prepare your immune system for the next pandemic. Okay. So if you trace over these 19 months, <laughs> it's a pandemic, and now he's selling you something for the next one. And this yeah. is this is repetitive theme in a lot mm-hmm. of the characters that we cover. Don't don't trust big pharma, but here trust my unproven, never tested supplements because yeah. that's what's going to make you healthy. The vaccines are going to kill you, but ivermectin that that's the real deal. <laughs> Yeah, he's already like printing the lunch boxes for like Plandemic Two, Plandemic uh-huh. Five, and it's like buy the lunch. Oh no, three. For, like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, three, three's coming out, and two's been out already. So yeah, it's a, no, this is a this is a franchise. Buy the action figure. <gasps> there, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I I did find um this report from the Center for Countering yeah. Digital Hate, who wrote this basically this um overview called the Disinformation Dozen about basically 12 main um, influencers spreading misinformation about the pandemic. They write just 12 anti-vaxxers are responsible for almost two thirds of anti-vaccine content circulating on social media platforms. This new analysis of content posted and shared uh, to social media over 812,000 times between February and March, just nothing. They took a sampling of nothing. So you've got the 12, um, I know I've, you've heard, I've heard you guys talk about say or G there's, um, Christiane Northrup, who, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, you guys turned me on to her, but she used to be, or she's a well-known feminist, um, like, uh, gynecologist, like an MD, who um, was re- well-respected and has a huge following, but has since been kicked off on of pretty much every social media, ba- well, not Twitter, she's still on it, but b- basically because of her anti-vax um, stance. Still on Facebook, too. Still on Facebook with about a half a million followers. Yeah, outrageous. So, so yeah, Christiane Northrup is someone we've paid a lot of attention to. Uh, she started in '94, where she came into sort of uh, prominence in '94 with this book called "Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom," which is a much beloved book mm-hmm. and has sold, uh, I think, you know, close to two million copies. And yeah, she was an OBGYN. Um, she 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 took up the mantle of advocating for women's empowerment in the medical sphere, which is which is a totally legitimate thing to have been uh, an activist for. Right. And, and she, so she was addressing some really important things. But at the same time, she was coming at it through this sort of woo-woo lens of like, well, mother's intuitions are more reliable than what the medical doctors say. Even if the medical doctor is a woman, they're still representing the patriarchy. And so you start to get this blurring of the lines between uh, a, a laudable kind of progressive movement and uh, essentially just being anti-science and importing a lot of junk ways of thinking about things. 
And so over time, she just went further and further down that rabbit hole. But she's always been anti-vaccine. She, you know, the, the whole time that she was making very regular appearances on Oprah, she was spewing a lot of pseudoscience <laughs> and anti-vax stuff. And that she's just she's just gone deeper and deeper into it again because the pandemic put everything on steroids. I really love what you just said about this, the idea that um, the blurring of the lines comes in when you talk about like a woman's intuition or mm -hmm. her naturalness, her innate da, da 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 And it's like, yeah, I believe that when you want to stand up for yourself in the face of a doctor who's, you know, yeah. forcing a procedure on you or something you totally. don't want or not giving you the information you need. Or being but, patronizing and not being, listening to exactly. your, your concerns. 100%. Exactly. And... But then this slippery slope into, in fact, all you need is to trust and like very much these these hard gendered norms or these yeah. ideas of what is a woman, what is a man um, that that I know can be also kind of I mean, but that the right loves that the far right is super obsessed with. So I'm I'm just curious also, like you guys have said, individuality, extreme individuality, sovereignty, autonomy. Yeah, we hear those those words coming from the right a lot. And I and you guys are saying, yeah, that comes from the so-called left or the progressive communities, wellness communities. What about like the kind of Christian nationalist overtones, the more MAGA stuff? Like, how does does that play? How does that play with like wellness communities? Why are they even attracted to that? I'm doing an episode or leading it up. We all focus on different things and I'm working on one on muscular Christianity right now because it is a very important strain of what has created MAGA in general. And I'm glad you pulled up the disinformation doesn't report because it really shows that even though a lot of these figures are not known, their imprint is huge to a lot of right-wing people who probably don't even realize where that information is coming from. Yeah, Christ Christian nationalism has, has been predominantly... Uh, male, very, very muscular. That's where the term comes from for over two centuries. And it, it comes about anytime there are societal changes, mm. because there's this idea that no, we, we have this society that is the perfect godly one. And now you're, you're diverging from that. So we need to bring it back. I mean, Joe Rogan, you mentioned before, is a very perfect figure, even though he's not Christian, he very much mm. fits that archetype of what is involved in this movement and evangelicals have been making debates where they don't exist forever. Hmm. So the whole idea that creationism is a debate with evolutionary biology was something that they constructed and marketed in the 1990s. And they specifically chased after scientists to debate them about it, to give the legit legitimacy. Oh, the right and, favorite and thing, the, their yeah, tactic of debate. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly what you're seeing now too. I mean, with the with the transgender issue, which you brought up, for example, it's like for 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 a group that's so anti science, they'll they'll cling to this idea <laughs> of gender that doesn't even make sense. Right. And it, it, it's always over and over again. They're gonna pick, like I remember years ago when they picked out the God gene from your prefrontal cortex and see this is proof of God. So there there is an actual <laughs> science behind it. But the evangelical strain of Christianity has been responsible for a lot of the regression that we've experienced as a culture. And right now we're, we're going through that again. Yeah, because someone like Christiane Northrup is attracting, I think, predominantly women, which makes sense. Or, you know, some yogis, yeah. I, I mean, I know it's predominantly women. Um, 
there, there's that. That's the pastel QAnon, the on. But then through wellness and extreme masculinity and, like you're saying, Christian muscles. <laughs> Muscular Christianity. Muscular that's Christianity, the term. <laughs> um, yeah. You're attracting a whole other world of people, especially men. And Rogan is a definite Trojan horse for a lot of this. And he has this sphere around him. Um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about him and his world, but like I am fascinated by someone you guys turned me on to, Aubrey Marcus, and mm-hmm. his sort of influencer grift. Yeah, I mean, start with, let's start with Rogan. I'll, <laughs> I'll pick up. I'll pick up on Aubrey. There's there's so much there. I mean, the thing the thing about Joe Rogan is he has a he has a very long podcast that he records multiple episodes for every week, and it's the most listened to thing in the world. Yeah, and so he reaches millions and millions of people. And he's, I think that in, to speak in his favor, you know, over, over the course of many years, he has, he's had a really diverse range of guests along this, uh, the intellectual spectrum and the political spectrum. And as the pandemic has, has continued, he has just gone further and further into what we were describing a little bit ago as that sort of extreme individualism, rugged individualism, an idea of masculinity and health that is very fascist, mm. that, that he probably doesn't realize that it is, but it's very rooted in this idea that you can, you can be this strong, healthy, uh, genetically superior male. And then you won't have to worry about any of the things that the rest of us are vulnerable to. And just this week, there was yep. there was stuff being circulated, little clips where he was talking about, you know, obese people and how oh, how yeah. dare you look down on me because you've been vaccinated when you're obese. Uh, because if you get it, you're going to do terribly. And I, it just took me like three days because I'm I'm so badass. My whole life is about being healthy, you know, says the millionaire who's got like a, a cryogenic <laughs> chamber and a, and a flotation tank in his house. Uh, just nuts. And and so, you know, what we saw was in, in April of last year, he said young, healthy people don't need the vaccine. Yep. Uh, that made that made huge headlines. Uh, in June of last year, he had Brett Weinstein and Pierre Corey on the show for a first time ever emergency podcast version of the Joe Rogan experience to talk about how uh, vac- vaccines were, how ivermectin was being suppressed because Big Pharma wanted to make money off of vaccines and that the vaccines don't work. And really, ivermectin is the thing that's going to help you. And so it just goes on. Now he's had Peter McCullough on and, and just recently. And Robert everyone's Malone. shitting their pants over this, over ivermectin. Yeah, their and, horse and it's paste. having a massive impact. It's <laughs> having <laughs> over the, the horse pace. Yeah. But, but he's, he is really at this point, as each month has gone on last year, he has platformed more and more real anti-vax um, uh, kingpins who are now having a huge influence on all, all the people who have been hesitant to get vaccinated. I, I think they're being swayed in the wrong direction. It's, it's pretty appalling. And, and he's, you know, I know like he's sort of in that comedy and health fitness mm-hmm. like nexus. And so yeah. there's comics in his orbit whose like yeah. careers he's launched. And then there's, uh-huh. there's like wellness people uh, and other grifters who are like uh-huh. have launched their careers off of him. So it's like someone like Aubrey Marcus is fascinating to me. These, and these guys, by the way, they all tilt and tend MAGA. They're all, and we'll get to their home state or whatever the hell they're trying to build. But, um, Aubrey, let's, let's talk about Aubrey. You brought him up. He was Joe Rogan's partner when founding on it, 
back in like 10 years ago. So Aubrey Marcus is the son of a uh, guy who made a lot of money in Texas oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing a trust fund um, kid. Uh, so, so probably, guy. probably yeah. self-made. Yeah. <laughs> his, 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 his mother's husband invented the, the fleshlight, uh, which, um, never which, heard of that. Can you which, explain what, which, that which, which, Rogan, which, which Rogan, Rogan advertised. And I'm pointing that out specifically because you'll see a trend here when they started on it. Uh-huh. Um, he promoted alpha brain. Now the alpha brain study that Rogan was always big on part of the team that researched it was Rogan's uncle. And uh, there's no, it's not a credible study at all, but on it sold to Unilever last year, I'm guessing for tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. So they both cashed out. So millionaires undercutting it by quite a bit, Julian. Mm -hmm. Alpha Brain was formulated by Aubrey Marcus's stepmother, Janet Zan. What is it? A a supplement? Sorry. It's a supplement that Joe Rogan once said, it helps me write sentences better. So it's a, it's a nootropic. It's a nootropic. It's a nootropic. And it was formulated by Janet Zan, who is a, it was a, an acupuncturist and a homeopathist okay. who has no real medical training. But th- there's this insular community of grifting that has been going on for at least a decade in this Austin community, but centered around Marcus and Rogan. They are the sort of kingpins of this. And you'll notice if you look back through the Rogan catalog, all the times he slips in all of these different nootropics and all these supplements, all these things he's taken. And then you find out there's a vested interest going on there. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is I, I can't say it's been planned the whole time, but mm-hmm. they have definitely been pushing it on a, a monetization effort for a long time. And again, these are substances that have never actually been clinically proven to do anything, but they are making a lot of money selling the fears around big pharma so they can monetize in their own way. And, and, and I wanted to add to that, Francesca, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that, sorry, um, Janet Zand, uh, you know, Zand has been making supplements and herbal cleanses for many decades. And so, so there's already a track record there of like, oh, here's how you market things that have not been shown to actually work and make a ton of money doing so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is that. Yeah, it is very clear that it's a grift. It's also Aubrey Marcus going down the rabbit hole of him. We don't, well, we can leave him behind, but he's also like sells these, like almost feels like, you know, AA retreats, but kind of nebulous. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to help you with your addiction mm-hmm. and we're just going to fill all your addiction with psychedelics, which are drugs and also sex, lots of sex <laughs> and psychedelics. And we're going to heal. And also hashtag MAGA. Like it's very, it's so bonkers. And that like extreme masculinity, I don't know. I get like mega creepo, like gross vibes from that predator, huge predator vibes. Well, I have to add something here now that you're saying that, because just uh, in the last sort of 10 days or so, he came out with a with an animated film. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the animated thing that him and Charles Eisenstein did together? They created a little nine minute animated film. Uh, with Charles Eisenstein, I don't know if you're familiar with him, basically uh-uh. uh, narrating the film based on sort of like a, a fairy tale sort of myth that he's created, a very spiritual story about this shamanic tribe that lives on another planet and how the 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 shaman has has sent emissaries to earth from this uh, from the shamanic tribe uh, and and that the the mission is essentially that you'll you'll come to earth and you will forget that you're actually from this other planet. 
but there will be something deep inside of you that tells you a more beautiful world is possible. And as you go through your life, you'll feel a sense of despair and a sense of loneliness and a sense of isolation because you don't buy into the mainstream narrative. And then you'll find other people who are like you. And it'll be great that you can connect using the technology of Earth. But eventually you'll realize that face-to-face experiences are where the real magic happens. And that's where your light will get amplified and you'll be able to transform the world. Now, essentially, this is like, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say this is cult recruitment kind of propaganda going out into the world saying you feel lost and alone and you want to meet other people who agree with you and you don't buy into the mainstream narrative. And if you can meet with us, you'll remember your identity as an alien from another fucking planet. Yeah, this is his Dianetics. And at the exactly, and like at the end of it, at the end of the animated thing, you cut to a, a shot of these two guys sitting together getting ready to do the podcast, and they say, Here we are. Like, yes, we're waking up to recognizing our alien <laughs> destiny. It's it's really is bonkers. It, it is. I wanna I wanna move to the actual like the right wing stuff. And I, I we yeah. we glossed over Q, but I because I feel like all of this converged around January 6th and um, obviously the election of Donald Trump, but then January 6th, which we're coming up on a year uh, since that time. And it turns out the director of pandemic, Mickey Willis was at the Capitol. He was there and there were a lot of other folks, uh, wellness adjacent people who were there. And I wanted to play this one clip because I, I watched it and edited it. So I had to, but I, I got this, I think, I think, Derek, you wrote something on this um, talking about the insurrectionist influencers. And there's a woman on Instagram who uh, has 200,000 followers named Lori Ladd. And this is her the week after the the week after the insurrection of the Capitol. And she's not been taken down off of Instagram. She has not been, you know, censored or whatever. She hasn't been deplatformed yet because listen to how she speaks and listen to some of the key words. This is the kind of language and the kinds of videos that are recruiting people. Take a look. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. I love you. Sending you a massively huge virtual hug wherever you are on the earth plane in this powerful now moment. So, wow, this is, uh, this is what it looks like to shift an entire human collective. It's quite a magical and miraculous show right now. As you are watching large media moguls uh, or internet companies or social media companies censoring in a way they never have before, as you are watching a political system literally dismantle in front of your face, (laughs) as you're watching all these things happen, it's not bad. It's not good. It's the evolution of consciousness. I've talked about this before because it is so important right now. Otherwise, you will get caught up in the hamster wheel of the external that we are shifting. You will get caught up in it. We want to be the eye of the storm. Remember, the eye of the storm. We're in the storm. It's going. And it's going to look like a movie that you have never seen before. We're in the eye of the storm. It's going to look like a movie. Literal cue language. Eye of the storm shit. Um, This is a week after the insurrection saying just in the most coded like woo woo new agey shit like this is just a we're just elevating consciousness don't be afraid we're we're breaking through and i love you wherever you are on the earth plane does that mean the earth is flat like what the fuck what do you mean the earth plane (laughs) we uh first off matthew wrote insurrectionist influencers so but we we work together all of us work together on a lot of stuff but the capital stuff we all worked on but specifically to to that 
Um, The one word I didn't bring up earlier when I said individualism is privilege and privilege in the wellness space is very real. And so basically you have this these figures who can afford to live the way they do and then just basically say, you can too, and and then pay me for my course, pay me for whatever that is. And I, I, I don't know Lori Ladd's financial situation, but there is this ethos within this community of every, like, it, it's it's completely not grounded in science philosophy, really. It's just they live at a level that they just expect that everyone else can. And it's very blinded. Um, one parallel podcast to us is decoding the gurus, which we, we love. We've had some Matt on our episode and um, they talk a lot about because they're not American and they talk about how American the wellness industry is. Mm. And it is really steeped in privilege. And that is just such a good example of that. She has no idea what the actual studies of consciousness represent. They're just, they're just, they're just keywords that they pull up, they're buzzwords that they put out there. And they just think it sounds good and unfortunately attracts it. It does attract audiences. And and in the comments, I wanted to say there's a lot of like, hey, why don't you talk about the pedophiles? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. But then there's mm-hmm. also a comment of someone who was like, I just realized that you're a total Trumper and all this is code for Trump, but I love mm-hmm. you anyway. And thank mm-hmm. you because I'm so glad there are people on the other side, even though I disagree with you, who are like so lovely and full of light. And yeah. it, uh, next to her video where she's basically like praising and super like you can see her like giddiness at what oh, yeah. has just happened at the Capitol. Um, well, yeah. I mean, two things about that. One, she she claims to channel the Galactic Federation. So there's that. So she gets very into these very heightened <laughs> states where she's like, I was just the Galactic Federation were just talking to me while I was taking a nap and I had to hop on and tell you what they had to say. But the other thing is that that video and one that she made a few days before the insurrection are both filled actually with incitements to violence. They're both filled with spiritualized um, ways of, of, of framing Mm. Uh, things like the insurrection, things like the militia movement. And, and Christian Northrup has done the same thing, where they're, they're actually talking about domestic terrorism as if it is part of this great spiritual awakening that's happening as we levitate into the fifth dimension of reality beyond the earth plane. It's oh, you don't believe disturbing. we can? What are you talking about? Well, but from afar, at the very <laughs> least, Mickey Willis was there. Like he he went there and he was part of it. Most of these people are in their homes, safe yes. from any of this. And that's the privilege they, you're talking about. Uh, yes, exactly, exactly. Because if they actually confronted it, they would wilt. Yeah. So, like that's that's <laughs> something that is just it's it's really hard to see some of these people talk about violence when they would not stand up in any of these situations. And not that I want them to. We, I I don't think any of us want that. Yeah. Sure, but what they're and actually there are intersections. We don't have time to go into but there are intersections between groups like the Proud Boys and like wellness communities. They've converged in Los Angeles to do like anti-trans, um, you know, hateful demonstrations. Yep. Uh, like mm-hmm. there is, again, there's that bizarre um, triangle uh, or, or Venn diagram there. I want to just get to before, um, Derek, I know you have to bounce, just like one of the most interesting pieces of reporting you guys did, and I don't know how you came upon this audio, but that coalesced and sort of drew everything into clarity for me was audio from the day of the election, November 9th, 2020, when Trump uh, you know, was early in the day and a group of people in Austin outside of Lake Travis 
uh, gathered together, including people like uh, uh, was it Aubrey Marcus, uh, including some guy named uh, some Del S- Bigtree. Which one? Del Bigtree was Del- there. Joyous Heart. Joyous it was Heart. in Joyous Heart. Like, Joyous Heart yeah. was that guy. I I went down. He's a whole like grifter. He's like, <laughs> but I have long hair. It's dr- I don't know. And then you've got like J.P. Sears, who's this comedian turned also grifter, total MAGA crazy, like. And they all call us and they're praying for Donald Trump's victory. Yeah, it was. uh, So the way that I got the audio was the day after the election, somebody was in the middle of the room on their iPhone filming it. And then I grabbed the audio. And then the day after our episode dropped covering it, it mysteriously disappeared from that person's feet. So at least I was able to capture it because that became the basis of the Vice report, mm-hmm. which I know you Vice thing, but yeah, they yeah, did yeah, a very it. big, and Emma Lynn, yeah, and Emma Lynn's great. And she did a piece uh, that I worked with on her, uh, what she interviewed me for about that uh, Lake Travis thing. So yeah, they're building, Joyous Heart is behind a commune called the Gold Star Oasis and something resort. It's there. It's an eco-lux some people can live there or you can go to spa there. They have a helicopter service from the airport to bring you there. They have four <laughs> ex vets who are armed on the premises at all times. It's not built yet, but this is what they're promising. Sure. Yeah. And it's being pitched as a medical freedom commune. So, I mean, this is when Julian <laughs> said cult indoctrination, Aubrey Marcus was there. Kyle Kingsbury is there. All this is a community. It's incestuous, and they're all. I'm not saying they're all working on the same thing at once, mm-hmm. but they're all in the same place. And now Joe Rogan, who owns a house on Lake Travis where he lives, and now there's this community starting on Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. And Mickey Willis and JP Sears have posted about doing tactical training. And Aubrey Marcus is saying, playing King Shaman, hey, come be with us. And Charles Eisenstein is writing the score for it. Mm-hmm. And then Johns Hopkins is writing the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You can see all of these pieces moving together in a pretty culty fashion right now. And that that is happening. There's a soundtrack? Yeah, so for the for the uh, for the animated movie that I talked about, oh, yeah. John Hopkins, John Hopkins, who's actually a, a very very well known and and uh, widely lauded uh, ambient composer, did the music for it. Whoa! So this is this is what I I predict that you are watching a cult in formation. Mm-hmm. Um, they will deny it, of course, but you, you, the breadcrumbs are all there. You're seeing yeah. it happen in real time, and that is, I think, one of the advantages of social media because I know we're always shitting on it, but I think it's one of the good things is we can take these pieces that we understand from historical situations and start to piece the jigsaw together in real time. But what we're going to do about it is another question. And that's what scares me. Well, I want to leave it there because I do. um, I want to, we'll we'll continue this up. Julian and I are going to have our bonus bish. So we're going to talk about what we can do and some of the ideas that you guys have talked about Mm -hmm. and, and, for everything else, y'all, you have to listen to Conspirituality. Such a good podcast. They've got, again, amazing guests and do great research. Um, but you sort of tipped it off for the last segment. We have to do another palate cleanse. We have to do a final segment predicting what's going to happen this year. And it might be, you know, hey, uh, ground is broken on the Gold Star Oasis land. <laughs> but we'll see. This is, <laughs> this is our final segment. Everybody, I want you to future trip with me. Good or bad, this is Future Trip 2022. What is happening this year, you guys? What will happen? I mean, 
trying to predict this shit. I mean, there's stuff that we're not surprised by, but then there's all sorts of other things that have been going on. And I've been, I've been, you know, like a lot of people hoping that by this, this past summer, we'd be done with COVID. So uh, my hopeful prediction is that we get a handle on COVID somehow, whether it's through, you know, enough, enough people becoming naturally immune and enough people being vaccinated and some kind of herd immunity emerging. Uh, that's what I would hope. I, I unfortunately, I don't think conspiracy theories are going anywhere. Uh, Jason mm-hmm. Stanley is a fantastic uh, professor from Yale who wrote a book about uh, the ten pillars of fascism, and you know he talks about how in in, in the conditions that we're in, which are the preconditions for fascism, uh, the, all of these things happen. You you get conspiracy theories, you get a denial of science, you get anti intellectualism, you get yeah. a resurgence of of a strong man kind of. Um, fetishizing of of traditional ma- masculine and feminine roles, all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm not super optimistic, uh, I, 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 but but I do I do always hope that through improving the discourse, through helping more people be scientifically literate, through educating people about logical fallacies and how to think things through more carefully, and how you can be a real healthy skeptic, and yeah. that that's different than being a conspiracy theorist. Uh, that that these are these are good things, and so I think. The, the work that you're doing, the work we're trying to do is trying to move the needle in that direction. I That's all that. I got. Yes. No, I need that. Derek, mm-hmm. any, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm not hopeful uh, at all. Uh, but that's also my, I come from Eastern European stock, uh, post-depression era stock from World War II. So um, Julian fields most of our uh, social media stuff. We all have our different roles in, but I do tap in once in a while to check messages. And I will say we get a lot of messages. And one of the things that's been very heartening is receiving, I would put it in the dozens of people who are vax hesitant who listened to us and got their vaccines and thanked us for it. And that, that is so everything to me. And that, that just broadens out to my, my, my actual hope, yeah. which is as people are seeing each other in person more and more often, I've even run into some people now in person that probably don't, doesn't agree with my politics or what I've done on the podcast, but we had conversations and things were good. And I, I, I feel like these ways that we communicate as amazing as they are through technology, um, they, they don't allow for nuance. They don't allow for real human interaction. And so at the very least, some of the interactions I've had and will have more as we get through this, uh, will hopefully heal at least some of the fractures that have occurred. Um, but, uh, but, but big picture, I am concerned about some of the topics we've brought up, but um, it's but I, always my thing. It's always my attitude is that you can't heal the world, but you can at least take care of the people closest to you. 100%. A lot of people make it hard to get close to. I'm going to be not going to lie, but you're, you're right that just as the spell kind of was cast as, you know, as COVID began this, just like everyone kind of going to that dark place and being very susceptible to some of these things and conspiracies. I hope that the spell can be broken by re-engaging with the world and talking to people and having a basic conversation. I am not hopeful because of the amount of Karen videos that are out there and like how we see people forgot how to fucking act just like with one another. But I also think that for every one of those videos, like you could also just film just a nice person ordering a bagel Mm -hmm. and then going home and uh, having a very (laughs) uneventful morning (laughs) um yeah i think the majority of people are not the karen videos i mean they 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 go viral because it's so outlandish right but most people aren't that and so we just got to hope for 
the sane people to step up and also to break the spell of this longstanding idea in the wellness community that everything is love and light because it is not. And just be honest with what we are as animals and societies. Mm -hmm. And then you can actually grapple with issues instead of just fetishizing, fetishizing this imaginatory Mm -hmm. place that doesn't actually Mm -hmm. exist. Well, that's, I mean, Anyway, I love that because I fucking I am a big proponent of psychology, psychotherapy, psychoanalysis. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, the the like people, the Dharma folks I like all come from that. Well, yeah. not all come from, but I'm just talking about my girl, Tara Brock, who I love, who I like, mm-hmm. you know, she's she came from like psychoanalysis. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you got you need darkness. Like the sad stuff is good stuff. It can't just all mm-hmm. be love and light. And you can't just yeah. find an enemy to eliminate and then all of your problems go away. That's mm-hmm. not how fucking anything works. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, a lot of the people we cover like to quote Carl Jung. And so I've got one on on that uh tip, which is he says, uh, one does not attain enlightenment by focusing on figures of light, but rather from entering into the shadow and discovering the treasure that is there. Mm. So there's there's something about that really 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 honoring the the depth of that uh, often rejected uh, aspect of what it is to be human, which is vulnerable and mortal and, you know, uncertain and needing others and having trauma history and all of that stuff. That's why I keep him on my desk. There he is. (laughs) There he is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have really quick predictions, future tripping about 2022. I do think we will lose, Democrats will lose control of Congress, not we, but the Dems. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, they'll deserve it, but Americans won't deserve it. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not so quick to say it'll definitely happen, but it's feeling that way. Even though I think Stacey Abrams will become governor of Georgia. Very excited for that to happen. Uh, I think nobody will resign over January 6th. Uh, anyone who helped plan it from the inside. I think finally this podcast will get some sort of sponsorship. Um, if it's gotta be from supplements, so be it, dude. Let's just let's just go forth. Uh, I need that money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will make supplements to sell by the end of this. Yeah, that's the that's the. Formula. I already make I, I already make my own eye cream, so that's very fun. It's called Lieutenant Dan's Eye Cream, as in Lieutenant Dan's Ice Cream from uh, Forrest Gump. Anyway, that's uh, for another podcast episode. And I do think, guys, I'm so sorry to say this, but I think Pete Davidson is going to be dating AOC by the end of next year. Oh. no she she wouldn't but like maybe she would you don't know the davidson like you know talk about a grift or like a a a intergalactic i don't know ascension of consciousness (laughs) something happens when you're in the orbit of pete davidson so everyone just Uh keep pete davidson fucking away from aoc I grew up not far from Staten Island, so I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, they gave us Wu-Tang, so I guess there has to be a balance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if it's for good or bad. Uh, TBD on what happens with Kim Kardashian. Um, I don't know who who will be corrupted first. But um, Derek Barris and, and Julian Walker, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Everybody check out their podcast, Conspirituality, and follow them individually on Twitter at Derek at Derek Barris. Um, and Julian at embodied sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, and also maybe check out like, I want like the good stuff. I want the good wellness and yoga stuff. 
So there's plenty of it. Let's not forget that we're still practitioners. Julian still teaches. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the practice. It's the people who corrupted aspects of it. One hundred percent. Thank you guys so much for taking the time, everybody. If you're a patron or if you're not, get on over to Patreon.com/slash Bituation Room. Julie and I are doing another ten. We're talking. We're getting even deeper into this. Um, but uh, take very good care. I hope to see you again um, very very soon, y'all. Bye-bye. And thank you guys for sticking around for the Bituation Room. That was uh, so I could talk forever about that. They are like such wells of knowledge. Um, and I wanted to turn to some comments. Um, Charmed Chaos says <laughs> it's that airlines, uh, airlines during COVID, that they are super spreaders. They're not just spreading chemtrails. It's uh, COVID trails. I like that. Very on brand with our theme of conspiracy theories. Um, constrained, constrained agency on Twitch says the misinformation drives a great amount of engagement. It means money for social media sites. Oh, 100%. There's no reason. Like if YouTube didn't have to take pandemic down, why the fuck would they? They're making so much money off of that. And that's why some of the people we talked about, they're still on Twitter or Facebook. They might have gotten booted from one site, but they're still on the others. Um, and they've learned how to code their language and then everyone kind of gets along. Everybody knows what they're ultimately hawking. Um, Atomic Elbow on Twitch says, I'm picturing Alex Jones leading a yoga class. No. No. So much red faceness. Um, Laura Strata, thank you for the super chat. This is a fantastic, fascinating, and yet disturbing topic. Thank you for the awesome content. Happy New Year. Yeah, I know. I decided to just, just open 22 up. 2022 up. By the way, it's a very long year to say. 2022. 2022. With just the vi- this depressing and scary topic, but also really, really interesting. Um, Tony D. Oh, my God. Thank you for that super chat. That is so generous of you. $100. My God. Uh, Fran, go on First We Feast interview. People chatting and eating hot ones. I don't know what that is. First We Feast. Can I just like be like, hey, First We Feast, FF. Francesca Fiorentini, let's do this. Um, Decepticon, thank you for the super chat. Sounds like Lori Ladd might be getting recruited by Reset Wars. <laughs> um, Patrick Quilbado, thank you for your super chat. Says, I live in Austin. I am both intrigued and a little scared. Yeah, right? Like, but how nice is their development? And how many orgies a day are there? No, you don't want any of that, dude. You need to. Mm. You need to stay away. Um, Callie Blue, thank you so much for the super chat. She wore a raspberry purple lipstick. I think I'm supposed to sing that in the Prince style. I did wear a raspberry purple lipstick. You guys, you can't go out with lipstick anymore because of masks. Um, So I'm an pro-lipstick inside person and an anti-lipstick outside, pro-mask person outside. Uh, And with that, y'all, just to thank all of the patrons, people who are 10 bucks or more, people who are who've tipped the show um, so generously, a lot of end of the year tips because you guys are sweet. Um, This is the fart song. Yeah. Thank you to all the new patrons. I've been seeing it. I understand it's hard, but I appreciate it. You get that extra content, especially to George. Love you, George. Thank you to the big tippers. Abdul K, Matthew H, Robert G, Dave S, Monica C, Ronald M, and Joseph L, as always.
Excuse me. Um, to the Twitch subs, Larbrarian, Little Joe 2, SJW Lobster, 1010SC101. I don't know how many zeros and ones that is. Thank you. Thank you for resubscribing, Harry Balsich, Fat Guy Named Tiny, and of course for all the Super Chats, Tony D, Laura Strada, Callie Blue, Patrick Quilbado, Decepticon IT Help Desk. You guys are wonderful. Mwah. And thank you once again to all the producers here, to Maximilian Inhoff, Alexandra Ornest, to our new producer, Paige Omek, who made a quick little appearance earlier in the show for those watching. Uh, and we say goodbye today to Ellie Hoffman, who's been with us for the majority of 2021. Thank you so much, Ellie. You're amazing. You're crushing it. You've helped make this show so much better and more organized. Uh, and we will miss you. Everybody, follow Bituation Room on Twitter at Bituation Pod, on TikTok, and on Instagram at Franny Fio. I will be working on my supplements to sell to you very, very soon. Uh, and remember, fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, and don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Later.